Shake the Room, Fire Nation. JLD here, and welcome to episode 1879 of EO Fire, where I chat with entrepreneurs on fire seven days a week. And I've created four, count them, four incredible courses so that you, Fire Nation, can master productivity, accomplish goals, create funnels and webinars that actually converts. And the best part is they're free and waiting for you at eofire.com. Now let's chat with today's featured guest, April McLean. April are you prepared to ignite? Let's do it. Yes. April's the founder <laughs> of Infuse Dance Collective, a company pushing art into innovative new spaces and bridging the gap between technique and soul through both its brick and mortar and online studios. All right, April, take a minute, fill in some gaps from the intro and give us a little glimpse of your personal life. Alrighty. Well, I am a mother and a Navy wife. And uh, as you indicated, art, specifically dance, is my number one passion in life. I hate that word passion. I wish I had a different word. I like curiosity. Curiosity is endless curiosity. Ooh, even better. So I I own a brick and mortar studio. It's um, going into its sixth, seventh year. And we do have um, some online branches of that studio. But really, my uh, curiosity Mm. stems from uh, my time in foster care. So I grew up in the foster care system. And um, it was dance, like falling into a dance class that first gave me the first real connection I had. Uh, you know, you go through traditional therapy when you're in foster care, you're, you have to talk to judges and social workers and it just, nothing felt relatable to me until I started dancing. Uh, so that's what motivates me daily, I guess. Fire Nation, if you're recognizing April's voice, it's because she rocked <laughs> the mic on episode 958, which is, by Ooh. the way, almost 900 episodes ago. Actually, it's over 900 episodes ago, April. Yeah. Isn't that mind-blowing? Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, when you said the number right now, it's like, that's not true. Yeah, but it it's is true. true. <laughs> I mean, that, that means, you know, 900 days ago. So, I mean, <laughs> do that math. That's pretty impressive. Oh my gosh. But, you know, and actually, I recognize while you were talking as well, during the pre-interview chat, you said, like, Don McLean. So, I obviously pronounced your name wrong. It's not McLean. It's April okay. McLean. So I, but I just corrected myself, right? Happens all the time. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> so April, a lot's happened in the past 900 days. Give us your current area of expertise. What is that? Ooh, so my, I'm not the only one who struggles with that word expertise. I think it's because just like you said, it's been 900 days and whatever I said then, I would probably look back and be like, yikes, you are no expert. <laughs> so, you know, you feel like every year I get humiliated all over again. Um, But I would say that right now, my real focus is on telling the story of dance, um, specifically as it relates to not only like the neurological, physical, spiritual impact, but the necessity of artists who are business savvy, which is something that I find to be a huge gap right now. And that's the space that I spend the most time in. So you use that word necessity, and I kind of want to stick on there for a second because there's a necessity for creatives to also invest in their business savvy. Can you kind of expound upon that comment? Like, what does that mean to you and your business? You know, the world of dance is fraught with peril, as it were. And I don't think it's something that if you're not in in the world of dance, it's not something that you contemplate too often. But we are constantly getting phone calls for free services. Can you perform at this thing for 30 minutes? I have no budget for it, but you can totally bring your business cards, which is, I know, well-intended, but um, borderline insulting. And it happens 
there's so many reasons why it happens. Like there's a historical context to why the U.S. doesn't value performing arts as heavily as maybe some other countries. But a lot of it has to do with you have artists who just want to create. They want to create and do that fun part. And that's where the buck stops with them. And I genuinely feel like that perpetuates the starving artist cliche, because if you're just going to create and that's that, who's your marketer? Who, who's your audience? Like, it's okay if you just want to paint something and show your significant other and that's satisfying for you. But if you want to make a living or if you're angry that your stuff is not being purchased, appreciated, then the responsibility is yours to figure out what that market is and how it works. So I actually was an American history's major in college. So this topic really does fascinate me because I have no idea. Uh, But uh, what is the historical significance as to why the U.S. doesn't value the arts as much as some other countries do? So we have this debate all the time. So this is not a field of expertise for me. These are this is totally speculation. But I I would love to hear if you feel like it's anywhere close to the truth. Um, My co-founder, she lived in uh, Paris for a while and traveled to lots of countries as a sambista. And she made really decent money doing what she does, money that she would not make here. And so we have this talk often that why is it that artists are really valued and paid in other areas, but not here. And the closest that I've ever come to Um, exploring that is that the U.S. was founded on particularly like Puritan roots and faith-based roots. And a lot of those um, roots sort of, uh, I don't want to say discouraged, but did not elevate, give a way to celebrate the moving body. Like you still see it now. There's a lot of like churches that very much discourage that sort of thing. And and like, I'm a Christian, you know, but I do see that a lot of the basis for the U.S. was formed on stuff that doesn't highly value that kind of thing. You know, looking back, I can remember during my studies that there's a lot of situations where dances and dance moves were created from the waist down so that people... Right that were uh, being kind of spied upon through their windows. They couldn't, they couldn't uh, be pointed out as having danced because, you know, they're only moving their feet, you know? So like their waist up was kind of, was kind of steady and was, was very stationary, but the dancing was going on from the waist down. And just like Shakira, these hips don't lie, Fire Nation. These hips don't lie. Is that a true lie. story? <laughs> yeah, no, it's That's true. real? Yeah, because oh. like, they, you know, they wanted to dance and get some kind of expression out there. So they actually created these dance moves and these dance scenes just using the waist down. So like the feet and like, you know, kind of whatever that might be. And absolutely. And Fire Nation, the big lesson I want to take away from this is if you believe in your message, your mission, your art, you have to become a savvy marketer or you have to invest in a savvy marketer who's going to help get that message out to the world because you can have the best art in the world. You can have the best dance in the in the world, whatever it might be. And if it doesn't get in front of any, every, anybody, then it's not going to create that movement that you want. And so what I'm going to want to move on to next, April, is the ways in which we, and by we I mean Fire Nation, can reimagine art to actually shape the world. Woohoo! Okay, this is a fun one for me. Uh, I think that if I hadn't become a dancer, my true passion, oh, I hate that word, my true curiosity <laughs> would be in the, <laughs> the disruption of like the educational system. And that's one of the most exciting things that's happening right now with the, you know, the internet and the growth and the access to resources and materials is that education has taken all of these turns. Um, have you heard of the uh, Mission U? 
Oh, I've interviewed Adam Braun about okay. that. So if you would listen to my show, you would know that. I do. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> no, I had Adam Braun on way back in the day about Pencils of Promise, and we became friends then. And I had him back on about Pencils of Promise when I was launching the Freedom Journal in conjunction with Pencils of Promise, which, by the way, Kate and I did an amazing trip to Guatemala to see some of the schools that we built through You Fire Nation supporting these journals. And then I had him on, uh, it was a few months back, but about Mission You, which is mind-blowing. So Fire Nation, Adam Braun, that's B-R-A-U-N, type it in the search bar, go listen to this episode. Keep going, April. Rock it. Yeah, that model of education, I remember when I first read about it, I almost cried. I was so happy. There's just something about the access to education without the the debt. Let's use the word crippling in front of that. Absolute crippling debt that we as like adults are letting these poor 16 and 17 year old children who don't even know what it means to be 20, 40, a hundred thousand dollars in debt. We're putting this burden onto them. We're shackling them before they even know what it means. It's absolute, it's criminal. I want to say it out loud. It is criminal. No, it's criminal. It is absolutely criminal. You are complete. And you know, you're not allowed to drink yet, but here sign 60 years of debt into this piece of paper. That no bankruptcy can get rid of nothing. Nothing. Yeah. It's putting these people into this bind that they cannot get out of. And so they're forced to take these jobs. They don't want to take just to pay the interest on these stupid loans. Yeah. Yeah. I remember being, when I was in college, watching one of my professors, we were, he had office hours. I watched him get out a checkbook and write a check to Sally Mae. He's like 60 something years old. And I just felt sick Sick. knowing. (laughs) Yeah. So, and a lot of it is because we tell our youth still that education debt is good debt. If you're going to get in debt, do it for that. And I just can't. I I can't rally behind that. And you know, and so many millennials these days too, because I was there, I went to law school because I didn't know what else to do. So I'm like, let's go to law school. And what did I do? You know, luckily it was only a semester for me, but that's $20,000 I'll never have back. And what was $20,000 well invested back in 2008 worth now? Um, A lot more (laughs) or invested in myself and my own business. Uh I mean, forget about it. It's absolutely ridiculous. So unless Fire Nation, you're going to become literally a surgeon, a brain surgeon, get out of school as quick as possible. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, my daughter's 16 and I tell her all the time, no, not now. Like maybe if you hit your later years and you realize the career you want necessitates college, but like just breathe. This is not a thing that you need to do right now. Um, I must be worked up. I just looked across my room and realized I chucked my phone across the room. You're a little fired up right now. <laughs> wow. I don't even know when that happened, but it's Love over it. there. Love it. It's way over there. hope it doesn't start ringing, but that's good. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's off. It's off. So um, when we talk about like reimagining art to shape the world, I look at art, and I say this all the time, as this like um, fairy dust. And it just amplifies whatever you put it into. So if you were to, traditionally, we use dance as entertainment. So so you think you can dance and dancing with the stars. And then uh, we also use dance as kind of kooky avant-garde stuff that have a small audience. Yeah. Uh, leave it at that. And what would happen if we took dance and integrated it heavily in our uh, educational systems, our college systems. What about branded content that was specifically funneled through dance? What happens when dance meets science and medicine? It just, it has this power and potential that's documented. It's documented that dance activates uh, the motor cortex, uh, the basal ganglia, the cerebellum, that it wards off Alzheimer's. So here we have this thing that's the equivalent of like a 
a really good prescription drug, but it's free and better for you. And it's so undervalued. Fire Nation, I'm so fired up about this whole <laughs> conversation about college debt right now. I don't even know if I can respond coherently to what you just said, April, but it was amazing. Hope you were taking notes, Fire Nation. And we're going to be dropping some more value bombs when April and I get back from thanking our sponsors. If I'm not on the mic brainstorming new ideas or listening to audio, then you can find me reading one of my favorite magazines. I love the short snippets and stories and the high-quality images that accompany them. And I just found out about an app called Texture that gives you unlimited access to over 200 premium magazines. Texture has leading titles like Time, The Atlantic, The New Yorker, Vanity Fair, and Wired. And right now, you can try Texture for free. Get access to the quality magazines you love without having to carry them around or have them clutter up your home. Just imagine having your favorite magazines and their back issues anytime, anywhere. To start your Texture free trial, visit texture.com slash fire. If you choose to continue, you'll get Texture for just $9.99 a month. That's over 30% off their listed price. There are also great gift options available for the holiday season. Visit texture.com slash fire to start your free trial today. That's texture.com slash fire. I know my business is only as successful as the people I hire, which is why I choose to show my appreciation for my employees throughout the year. And when it comes to the holidays, the gift giving season continues. So if you're looking for the perfect business gift, choose gifts that are simple to give and a joy to get. Choose Omaha Steaks. They even have special holiday pricing on the perfect business gift for Fire Nation. It's an ideal holiday gift for your clients, employees, or partners. The perfect business gift includes four bacon-wrapped tri-tip steaks, four Omaha steak burgers, four gourmet franks, two boneless pork chops, four kielbasa sausages, four free caramel apple tartlets, plus you'll get free shipping. And right now, this exclusive holiday gift package is only $59.99. Visit omahasteaks.com, type EOF in the search bar, and choose the perfect business gift. Again, visit omahasteaks.com and enter code EOF in the search bar to send or experience this exclusive gift package for only $59.99 and it ships free. Okay, April, we're back. And, you know, in entrepreneurship and business, we hear all the time about incubators and accelerators and, you know, Y Combinator, Techstars. They're amazing. They're awesome. I mean, that's a great way, by the way, to invest your time via nation is by surrounding yourself with other people that are trying and failing every single day, but trying to change the world in a great way. What's this concept when it comes in relation with artistic fields? I mean, is that even out there? Is that even an option? JLD, I grew up, quote unquote, with your podcast. Like you were my roots. Aww. So I just want you to know that when I opened the business, it was your voice that I heard every single moment yes. as I was like, trekking my way through life. Okay? So. <laughs> Except for the Adam Broad Mission You episode. <laughs> well, and actually starting a couple months ago, I don't listen to podcasts. And I'm going to talk about that in a second. No, but, and we should because I have something to add to that too. I love okay. it. <laughs> so, um, shoot. Oh, incubators and accelerators. But I was one time an avid consumer. And one of my favorite podcasts, if you know, for the entrepreneurial listeners is by Gimlet Media. It's called Startup yes. Podcast. Okay. And, and Gimlet does some extraordinary stuff. But now quick note, by the way, I invested $20,000 day one of Gimlet being open. Yes. Well, I mean, how much better use of it is that was that $20,000 in the semester the of law, law school? school. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
I mean, like you just made your point. Oh, sorry about that. Keep going. So they're season one, like Alex is documenting his journey, building this company. And season two, they featured this other company called Dating Rink. Did you hear it? Listen to that season? All of it. Yes. Yeah. So they talk about Y Combinator and... Uh, that was the first I had heard, even though it's, it's such a popular accelerator being in the dance world, it's just not something that popped up on my radar. But once I heard about accelerators and how they function, I became like obsessed and went online and Googled, you know, top 15 accelerators in the U S and, and just combed through them, their requirements, what companies came out of them. And even though it was super exciting, it was very clear that they were geared towards extremely specific types of companies, you know, tech startup, a number one, and then a couple of like outliers. And the arts is just not something that people are willing to put that kind of stake into because how, what are you going to do? I mean, why common air takes equity in these companies? Are they going to take equity in an artist's career? That's a gamble. So I, I fully understand why the arts haven't made this crossover. But at the same time, it's like the cart before the horse. So if we don't start educating artists, we're never going to get to a place where they're worthy of being invested in. Um, so it was a year ago that I have a brick and mortar dance studio and we expanded that out to an accelerator. And of course the logistics are slightly different. We don't take equity. uh, We don't invest in artists that way. We take them through a six month uh, fast paced curriculum that not only gives them the technique, but also teaches them everything from how to choreograph to how to develop curriculum, to how to market yourself, to what it means to be a 1099 artist, finding your audience that's going to pay for your work, that sort of stuff. So it's our tiny little baby step in the world moving in the direction of educating artists. So I love all this. I love when people in the entrepreneurship industry, Fire Nation, they find a niche that's not currently being served, especially in an area where they have endless curiosity like April has in the arts. And she says, you know what? There's areas being served right now for the tech community, for people with Y Combinator and tech stars. But where's the, the people being served and the companies that are serving the artists? And then you step in and you say, hey, how can I change this perception? How can I change this reality? So I just love that mindset. And something that I want you, Fire Nation, to be looking around and saying, hey, What's a niche that I can fill? Make that happen. In April, as we kind of, you know, come to an end of this amazing chat that we've had about everything, you know, that's fired us up, that's gotten us excited, et cetera, I kind of want to talk about short versus long-term money in art because a lot of people, they look at art and they say, you know, this is only a long game or, you know, how, how do I actually um, make it in life until I make it in art? So can you kind of talk about that phraseology of short versus long-term money? Yes, absolutely. This was a lesson that we learned the hard way several times over. And um, for me, it was that for a long time, the mindset was, you know, here's this thing I love, dance, my studio, whatever. How do we make money at it? When the question was, um, what what are the best ways? How do I word this? How am I uniquely wired to deliver the best value for the money I'm getting. And the reason that that is a slight shift in thinking is um, you see a lot of entrepreneurs that start a business and go for the lowest hanging fruit. Uh, I'm going to coach people when really coaching is not the thing that you're best at. Or I'm going to start this website and I'm going to sell ads right away on it, which is like a short term gain. But is that something that you deeply love advertisements on your thing? I love very specific things. I love teaching choreography. I love public speaking. 
I love being in groups of people. So I'm not going to monetize in ways that don't play to the long game of what I want to get paid to do. Uh, my co-founder loves teaching master classes. She teaches a contemporary Brazilian dance and she is fire in, in wrapped in skin. Like she's just a crazy person and she's so good at it. So she is not going to go do short term, like cheaper coaching when her goal is to travel the world and teach. She's going to build her audience by giving and giving and giving. And then when it's time to leverage that into those opportunities, they will present themselves to her. And I, I feel like we, so we launched a third project um, last month. We launched an online dance magazine. And there's really no dance magazines in existence geared towards the adult dancer. So we have this online platform now that's a super exciting you know, venture. And we're not going to go for the sponsorship, the ads, the pay for the subscription right away. There's a, there's a longer term goal in mind and we're willing to be patient and build our audience while we get there. Short versus long-term fire nation. You really always have to be weighing the pros and the cons. I mean, let's be honest, you know, JLD has got to eat. April's got to eat. I mean, we have to take (laughs) care of ourselves in the short term doing the things we need to be doing, but you know, you want this to be a long-term play. This is a marathon, not a sprint. So, you know, make sure you pay the bills first, as I like to say, but also look long-term, you know, lay those roots down, plant those seeds that are going to sprout and grow as you continue to go down this entrepreneurship path. So April, let's end this just wonderful chat on fire with you giving us Fire Nation a parting piece of guidance. Then share with us the best way that we can connect with you and everything that you have going on in your world right now. And then we'll say goodbye. You remember that book, Strengths Finder? Everyone yeah. did that book. So my number one on Strengths Finder was input. And that tends to be the thing that I am most drawn to. And that's like the input of information. So I'm a total consumer of podcasts, of books, resources, this magazine, whatever feeds the business side of things to the point where it becomes like crack. I cannot wait for another hit of information. <laughs> it's true. It, like it, Not anecdotally, it's a problem. And I realized this a couple months ago because I started feeling very foggy and almost started thinking, am I going through depression? Hmm. Why do I feel so unmotivated and overwhelmed when like the world is my oyster? And uh, I read this great article uh, about input deprivation that was talking about that there are certain people that just get addicted to information. And instead of putting their heads down and like executing, they just feed themselves. Um, And that's what I was doing. And so the parting piece of information or guidance that I would give is, If this happens to you, think about it in the same way that you think about getting healthy or weight loss. We know how to get healthy. We know what to eat, what not to eat. We know to exercise. But yet still, it's like a billion dollar industry because everybody's looking for the cream, the pill, this shortcut, this program. We just don't like the answer. The answer is that we we have the information. We just don't want to execute on it. And it's the same uh, idea in my case. I have all the information I need for this season in my life was what I was talking about earlier when I said I haven't been listening to podcasts lately is that I don't follow any dancers on social media. I I don't follow any quote unquote competitors because right now I just don't care. I need to keep my head down and trust my instinct and know that I know my market and learn about them and stop deluding myself into thinking that I'm growing as an entrepreneur simply because I'm absorbing new information. 
See, I love this, and I'm really glad you made this point, April, because I'm a big believer in looking at the scale in life. Like when I launched Entrepreneur on Fire back in 2012, like I was consuming, like using 90% of my time and bandwidth consuming content and 10% mm. producing, because guess what? I couldn't produce for crap, so I really wasn't producing that much, <laughs> but I was learning a lot to learn how I could. But then as right. the years have gone by, that scale has just continued to tip into shift. I got to 50-50 of producing and consuming. Now I'm at about 90% producing, mm. 10% consuming. I'll, I'll never personally stop consuming because I always want to be learning on some level. It's a small mm-hmm. level, um, a small a small percentage of my bandwidth, but it's always going to be there. But like, I don't look at my Facebook feed. Ever, ever, ever. My sister like posted a face uh, a, a happy birthday message for me, and she's like, "Why didn't you like it?" And I'm like, "I literally don't look at my Facebook feed. Like, that's one thing I don't do. Um, yeah. I consume other things again at that ten percent level, but I'm focused on producing content. So, Fire Nation, nothing wrong with being a hundred percent consuming or ninety percent consuming when you're starting, but you right. want to be looking at bringing that scale, you know, to even, and then continue to bring that producing level up there because it's you producing content. It it doesn't come overnight or over months. It comes over years, but then you get there. So April, take us home, girl. What's this parting piece of guidance? <laughs> uh, the parting piece of guidance you just stole out of my mouth. Yep, John that's what I do. So appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> and so that is exactly what I would say is like there are seasons in life where you need to consume and there are seasons in life that you need to put your head down and execute and worry about the work that's in front of you and be savvy enough to know what season you're in and when. April, how can we find out more about you and what you have going on? So you can go to April McLean, M-A-C-L-E-A-N.com. And uh, on my website, I also have links to my studio and the magazine and everything else will be there. Fire Nation, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And you've been hanging out with AM and JLD today. So keep up the heat and head over to eofire.com. Type April in the search bar. Her show notes page will pop right up. These are the best show notes in the biz. Timestamps, links galore. Head directly over to aprilmcclain.com to see everything she has going on in her world. And April, thank you for sharing your journey with Fire Nation today. For that, we salute you and we'll catch you on the flip side. Wonderful. Hey, Fire Nation, hope you enjoyed our chat with April today. And if you're ready to accomplish that one big goal, visit thefreedomjournal.com. And you're only 100 days away from accomplishing that goal. That's what we do. That's the system. That's the process. And use promo code podcast as a thank you for listening to my podcast. I'll catch you there, Fire Nation, or I will catch you on the flip side. If you're looking for the perfect business gift, choose gifts that are simple to give and a joy to get. Choose Omaha Steaks. Right now, their exclusive holiday gift package is only $59.99. Visit omahasteaks.com. Type EOF in the search bar and choose the perfect business gift. Again, this exclusive gift package is only $59.99 and it ships free. Imagine having your favorite magazines and their back issues anytime, anywhere. To start your Texture free trial, visit texture.com slash fire. If you choose to continue, you'll get Texture for just $9.99 a month. There are also great gift options available for the holiday season. So visit texture.com slash fire to start your free trial today.